Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Y'all must have forgot why we the best. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and they go back to soccer. You know, I made history here tonight. I set another record. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and Odyssey.com. You guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side so he could get it too. He could get his ass whipped too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely want to defend my 145 about. And let's see, I'm going to talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm going to call you. We're going to have a talk. I love you, boy. Here's your fight fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the fight fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the Hoff WFAN, at the fight fan, WFAN, both on Twitter, at the fight fan with Pete Hoffman on all the social media. That means Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, WFAN.com, and the Odyssey app. That's also Apple iTunes and all that other good stuff, too. But uh, we have an awesome episode with you. Dustin Jacoby sits down and joins me a little bit later. We talk about his fight with Iwan Kudalaba, which was a ridiculous fight. It went to a draw, but we go through a lot of different things. And guys, anybody who was given crap to Drucker Close versus Steven... Um, Jeremy Stevens, when Stevens pushed him at the weigh-ins, at the at the face-offs, and people were giving close, uh, you know, crap for having to pull out of that fight. Listen to Dustin Jacoby. It wasn't the same force, but Ewan at the face-offs gave uh, gave Dustin a little, you know, almost like a headlock type of thing. And and listen to his reaction. It's 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 very interesting, and it's it's funny because. You know, we as fans don't really see what you know what what a face-off, what type of contact can happen when you're not expecting it. But listen to Dustin's reaction; that'll be a little bit later. Um, but we also have this weekend, uh, before next weekend's huge pay-per-view, 
We have this weekend. It was originally supposed to be Cowboy versus Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez's final fight of uh, his UFC career, possibly MMA career. And instead, Diego Sanchez uh, gets released and it turned into a fiasco. Now, also, this wasn't just about uh, Diego Sanchez and, and Cowboy Cerrone. It was also TJ Dillashaw, Corey Sanhagen, which Dillashaw had to pull out because of an injury. Uh, so that that fight's going to get moved. There were so many things that were going on with this fight card. It's it's miraculous when cards actually still come together. Um, right now I have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have scheduled right now 10 fights on this card. There's always a possibility of a last-minute pullout. We will see what happens. But at the moment, this is being recorded. There are still 10 fights currently on the card, but we lost two more. So again, Dillashaw was supposed to be the headline. Gone. Cowboy Cerrone versus uh, Diego Sanchez. Sanchez out. Moreno in. Alex Moreno steps up and, and takes over for that fight. So we still have at least Cowboy on the card. Ben Rothwell versus... Philip Linz supposed to happen. Linz is out. Uh, this fight was actually supposed to happen in, in March, but Rothwell with an injury. Now Linz has some sort of illness, which pulls him off the card. Then, worst of all, the Ryan Benoit missing weight tries to get on the scale twice. Looks terrible. You know, after a while, it is it is draining to watch these guys and gals get on the scale and really struggle just to step on the scale by themselves. At that point in time, he was never going to fight, especially he was three pounds over. Sorry, four pounds over. Three pounds over the, the limit. It's You know, it's flyweight. Uh, you can weigh in if it's not a title fight. A pound over, which would have been 126. He was 129, so he's technically three pounds over, but 125, he's four pounds over. That being said, they removed him from the card. But he looked like crap. And that was the second time trying to weigh in. I do not understand the philosophy in allowing these guys and gals to weigh in when they can't stand, when they could barely walk. It's not a good look. You know, I, I get we get crap all the time. Like, MMA fans get crap all the time for, this isn't a good look. This guy got tagged one extra time in the cage. Not a good look. Uh, you know, where was the ref on the stoppage? Or, you know, the, how are you going to let him fight with that cut? Or poked him in the eye? Or this and that. There's so many bad looks at times, which I think are BS. But the weigh-in issue continues to be a struggle to watch. Continues to be a bad look. You know, and I have this conversation on a regular basis with the fighters. You know, some of them say it's like I, I look. You listen to Dustin Jacoby too. Like he'll tell you too. Like he's got a strategy of what he wants to do, how he wants to go into his ne next fight. The strategy is there, but I've been told by many a people, the body does not always listen. So you can have that game plan. You can you can map it out, and it. And your body just doesn't take or doesn't listen the way you want it to or it should, according to the math. But at some point in time, you know, someone's got to step in and say, son, you cannot, it's not even worth the time. It's not worth your, your health. Don't bother walking out there. I know there's pride. 
I know they want to do it, but I'd prefer to see them not go out there and barely faint and, and barely, you know, some of them have fainted. I don't want to see that. And and it's not worth it. And I understand maybe, the, you know, for them, but maybe just the, the fact that they went all that way to try to cut, that they want to go out there, but there's got to be a better plan in place for when something like that happens. It's it's I, I hate saying it's not a good look, but it's not a good look. It that part of it is not. And that, you know, listen, most people, most casuals are not sitting there watching the weigh-ins and seeing what these guys do. Seeing what these people put themselves through. You know, we'll we'll hear it later on. Oh, this person missed weight. Oh, look how bad they looked. You know, but they're not locked in. But the diehard just sitting there going, "What? What's going on?" The people reporting on it, I don't want to see someone come close to death while watch them try to weigh in. Not sure the solution. I don't know if there will ever be a solution because fighters fight. They're stubborn. There's a reason why they put themselves through this. You know. Again, you listen to Dustin Jacoby. He takes you kind of through. How he, where he wants to be in his next fight for his light, light heavyweight fight. You know, he thinks he's a little bit too light right now for the light heavyweight division. So he wants to, you know, he has a plan in place. How many p- pounds he wants to try to shave off, but where he wants to get to to max that out. You know, it's 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 a different sort of beast when you're in there cutting weight. And I always question. I go, what's what's the point? Why want to? Cut all that weight, don't you? I mean, if you do it right, are you still 100% going into the cage, going into a ring? Are you still 100% if you cut perfectly? Are you walking into that cage 100%? Listen, Jorge Masvidal, I don't want to take anything away from him, but he looked sick. It looked like a tough cut. It looked like he was under the weather and Kamara Usman tagged him. Normally, you do not see, A, you don't see Masvidal get hit like that as flush, but if he does get touched up, he doesn't go down the way he did. Was something else going on? Was it a rough weight cut for him? Does he? Well, he'll never admit it because you'll never hear some of these guys talk about it, especially top contenders. You're never going to hear someone like Jorge Masvidal who's been in the game now long he doesn't complain about anything when it comes to, to fighting, to cuts. That's his job. But even him, I question, I go, oh, doesn't look like a good way to cut. Or something was wrong there. Might have been sick. Might have been a little under the weather. And that, and that just, you know, going into a fight where you're not 100% against a dangerous person like Kamaru Usman, those things happen. So, it's it's tough to come to a conclusion, a solution to the white cuts, but it is a topic that will forever go on as long as as they're allowed to cut as much much, much weight as they want. And again, it's a scientific thing. People are are old. It, it's a mathematical thing. You know, you have dietitians, you have all these strategies that you go through. So it's not like they're just pulling it from their butt saying, all right, I'm just going to try to lose 10 pounds in the next, you know, two days and good luck. No, they have a strategy of where they can be. 
and we'll, we will see what happens. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that um, if they are able to figure this out going forward. I don't know. That's something that I just think it's a blanket statement. And it's not going to happen. We already know the answer to that. Um, so yeah, we have that fight, the UFC fight that that got knocked down from twelve fights to now ten. There's also Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders. That's happening on the zone. That's actually a good fight. It's actually a good boxing fight. Like you know, the Andy Ruiz fight we tried to I tried to watch watch last weekend. It just was not. Doesn't do anything. Canelo is always a good fighter. You you know, always puts on a good show for the most part, as long as the opponent's good. And Billy Joe Saunders is good. So that that should be interesting. If you're gonna watch it on the zone, I I certainly will be plugged into that. Um, they had the face off, so they had a, a promo for. Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather, and Jake Paul makes a fool out of himself. But it's amazing. As much as I can't stand Jake Paul and Logan Paul, they just continue to make headlines and continue to make money. And now, listen, I've had some conversations with with some people, you know, offline, off the phone, you know, whatever, just not not in the public. And they say a lot of it is smoke. A lot of what goes on is smoke. Are they really making as much? Are people buying as much? As they say, uh, did, did really 1.5 million people buy that Jake Paul fight versus uh, Ben Askren? A lot of it, a lot. some people say no. Some people say they could say whatever they want because they'll still make headlines, which they do. We see that all the time. But some people say that, that it's they aren't really, they don't have the data, but they don't need to have the data because they could say what they want. And nobody's really checking them. You know, ESPN can't get away with that. UFC has not been able to get with it, get away with that for a while. You know, you have to follow the ratings because that's a big deal. It's, it's huge for them to see what the numbers are. Triller, they have so much money. They they just look at the celebrities that are involved, the artists that are involved, everyone that was involved. You can just get away with whatever you want, and it's okay. They're smoking, they're chilling, drinking. It's like a party. But I cannot stand. Jake Paul definitely stepped the line. Not stepped the line with a hat. I mean, let's be serious. He's not. He's not stepping a line by by stealing a hat. That's not stepping a line. But he messed with the wrong guy because Floyd ain't taking that. That's for sure. And whether it was a whether it was a stunt that they tried to plan out, I don't think that's the case. I think Jake Paul planned it out that he was going to do that. Thought it was a good idea. He got the reaction he wanted. But Floyd's going to fight back. Floyd will definitely fight back. So that's that's what's happening right now in the MMA world. Obviously, um, for people that were looking forward to Diego Sanchez, that that sucked. You know, getting back to the Diego Sanchez thing, fighting uh supposed to fight Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He gets released. Um, it's just very disappointing. And and the coach is just very his Diego Sanchez's coach is just a very odd person. And Again, we see there was a video that was released. There was a video that was released, excuse me, um, from Fight Island, according to Paul Felder, uh, from a while ago. And Fabia, who is Diego Sanchez's coach, went off on all these, you know, the analysts and and Megan Levy and kind of just like, crapped on them saying like don't don't talk about my fighter 
Come to me. If you want information about my fighter, come to me. You guys are ruining his name. You're doing this. You're doing that. Come to me, and I'll I'll straighten it out, and blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. And it was the Paul Felder's reaction was amazing. It was like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? You know, all we do, we, we love Diego. Diego's one of the best. We don't crap on him. We we talk about the fights. That's it. You know, and he's like, and then he responded with, well, there's a lot of rumors going about me. But it's like, dude, you're causing these rumors to come out and you're causing people to react the way you are because you're nuts. And you feel bad for a guy like Diego Sanchez because he has been in the UFC. He's one of the original, original, you know, uh, ultimate fighters. And you want to see him walk out in a good light. It's like Albert Pujols with the Angels. They got the designated for assignment. Like, you don't. You don't want to see someone walk out that way. You know, someone that was so, that's done so much for the sport, been around for so long. Diego Sanchez is going to make the Hall of Fame. He's going to be, like, I know he had never made a championship, never got a championship, never won one, but but still, for what he's done, he's he's there. He He's in the books. He's done so much for the sport. He's been around for so long. You don't want to see him walk out this way. So it, it's a little frustrating it's a little annoying and you really hope that someone can get to Diego Sanchez because I don't trust that guy that's with him you just don't and that's where we're at right now that being said it's actually a really good card for the UFC uh it's gonna be headlined by uh Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Waterson Michelle Waterson she's been around for a long time she had some time off when she had a child but she came back and she's responded well and she's performed at a high level but she's fighting Marina Rodriguez who last time we saw her took out Amanda Rebus who is touted as one of the best up and comers in the sport but we will see what happens and and it's funny because they're both fighting they're usually straw weights but they're both fighting at this uh, 125 the flyweight limit because of the last minute fight. So it's very, it's very interesting. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. But it's nice to see them headline the card. Um, again, Cowboy Cerrone's on it versus Alex Moreno. Alex Moreno. Got Neil Magny, Jeff Neal. That should be a banger right there. Maurice Green's on the card. Uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira versus Gregor Gillespie, which I'm excited to see. I'd like to see Gregor again. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, last time we saw him was the devastating head kick by Kevin Lee. Uh, back in 2019, jeez, so long. But um, happy to see that's about a year and a half. So happy to see him back, and hope hopefully he's back. Uh, Fiera had to uh, catch weight fight because Ferreira had tr- trouble uh, cutting some weight. So um, also Phil Hawes, Amanda Rebus is on this versus Angela Hill. So that's a great fight too. But Phil Hawes, Kyle Dacus, um, and a few others as well. So. It's still a good card, though. It's down to 10 fights. Hopefully we don't lose anybody else. But um, it will be very, very interesting. Uh, so let's get to it, though. Dustin Jacoby joins us. Joins me. I should always say that. I say I say us, but it's really me. But we're us. We're family. We're community. So we're, we're building the community up. So it is. Anybody that's listening, it's us. Um, so, yeah, Dustin Jacoby joins us. And we kind of get into a lot of what happened last week with his fight, going into the fight, after the fight, and more. Here he is, Dustin Jacoby. So fight fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. We are being joined right now by Dustin Jacoby, who had an incredible fight 
this past weekend versus Uwan Kudalaba. Um, there was a draw, which we hate to see in MMA. We want to see the finality. Um, and who you're a little upset with the, the decision. So, Dustin, uh, thanks for joining. And, and break us through when the decision was coming down. Did you feel that you won the fight? Well, thanks, Pete. First off, thanks for having me on the show. Um, secondly, yeah, man, I really thought I won the fight. Uh, apparently, since... Um, you know, the last time I checked, there's a new scoring criteria. There's new judging that goes into it. I guess it could be 10, a, a 10, seven round, uh, you know, where I come from, where I, back in the day, I, I'm old school MMA, man. I've been fighting now for 11 years professionally, and it's always been a 10, eight round is when you have your opponent just completely damaged on the brink of the fight, getting stopped, the refs in here, you know, yelling, you know, Dustin cover up. I'm going to stop the fight. Dustin cover up. The fight's going to get stopped. You know, maybe the bell rings. By the grace of God, somehow you make it into the next round. That's a 10-8 round, in my opinion. And I, I was just uh, thinking about it all morning, too, man. I've been thinking about it since the fight. I don't understand. I, I mean, I feel like you're going to have a lot of bad decisions uh, happen in the future with this scoring criteria because how do you determine a 10-8 round? And, 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 and then on the other side of that, here's why I think I won the fight. I thought I won rounds two and three. If you watch the fight... I was clearly taking his soul, man. I saw it in his eyes. Like he, he was on the brink of being done, giving up and hats off to Kuntalava. What a true warrior, uh, a true fighter, a fighter's fighter. I mean, the guy was in it till the end. I, he, you know, there's no quit in him, but I, I'm the one punching in the face. I saw his eyes. I saw it into him, man. He, he knew the tides were changing and he knew the fight was about to be over. So if you have a guy in, in the first round that gets a 10, eight round by, just holding on to you, controlling you. Yeah, he landed a couple nice shots, a couple elbows once he, once he was there. And I was like, all right, man, do your thing. And, so, and you know, I'm going to get you the next two rounds. But how are you supposed to come back from that? Because obviously I felt like I did come back from that. I feel like I won. If you got a three-round fight, I feel like I won the next two rounds. If you ran two rounds and one guy wins one round, I, how do you not come back to that? And then if so, how do you come back from that? So that's, that's my problem, man. I really do feel like I did enough. And in, on, in all honesty, I thought that I won this fight more decisively than my, than my decision win, which was unanimous decision win over Max Grishin. So, um, yeah, man, that, that's my two cents on it. <laughs> Dustin, no, but it, the funny thing is you, you, you nailed it. Like the first round you said, if I'm correct, you kind of went with it. You understood what his process was. He was, he's had you and you kind of just went with it. You rolled with it, but did, there was no real damage being done besides the fact that he was just throwing you in and trying to wrestle you to the ground. And then you kept on standing up, which a lot of energy was being taken away from both of you. But the second round comes around and you could just see he starts wearing down. And, and we all know Ewan, he's very, you know, he, he's an exciting fighter. You're just an exciting fighter as well. And it was a, an amazing matchup between the two of you guys. Um, did you think that that first round would go that way? You decided, what, what point did you decide, say, I'm just going to roll with this and just take it, take this way. I'll be able to let, let it flow this way, the first round. So I, I honestly thought that he was going to try to wrestle a little bit. But what I, I just thought like a quick shot here and then I'd scramble up and be out. What threw me off is when he when he wrestled me, when he took me down, dude, I felt the grip. And he was so strong, and all he wanted to do was hold me in place and hold me up against the cage. And as soon as I got to my feet right away, as soon as I got to my feet and I almost broke the grip, which which took a lot of freaking energy, man, because he was so strong, he would put me down again. Well, then I'd get right back to my feet. I'd try to break that grip. After three or four times of that is when I told myself, you know what? Go ahead, dude, because I know you're using so much energy holding that grip tight, and I know your arms are going to be dead, so I'm going to get you the next couple rounds. 
And that, so that about halfway through that, man, is when I sat there, I'm like, you know what, man, do your thing. I was like, I'm going to get you. And uh, so I, I just went with it. And like you said, man, there was no severe damage done. I mean, even so, so we were like two minutes on the feet. I stuck him with a couple nice jabs. I hit him with two very hard leg kicks. Uh, so, I, so I'm arguably up right there. Then he takes me down and then I end up getting up in a way. I, I pin him against the cage. I throw a knee. I hit him with another jab. And here we are in round two. So it's like, you're going to, you're going to reward this guy for, for taking me down and then, and then holding me down. And then, so how am I not rewarded in the second round for wobbling him? And then, and then avoid, he never took me down once again. I, I avoided all the other takedowns. I stuffed all of them. So how am I not rewarded the equally as, as him for, for taking me down and holding me there, man? It's just, it's frustrating. And then another thing, man, is we put on such a good show. I know both of us you know, make decent money and, but then they didn't have to pay the winner anything. So the UFC mm. saving money in that regard, you know, it's like, come on, man, reward us for, for that, uh, for that fight. And I get it, man. Everybody wants to see a finish. Everybody wants to see a decision, a, a, a deciding factor. And and so did we, man, we, we did too. So yeah, just a little frustrating, but you know what though? I, it's phasing, amazing to me. It's even though it came to a draw, it still was one of the best fights of the night. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I understand you. We do want the deciding factor. We do want a, an actual decision. We want a winner. We want a loser. But I still thought that was an amazing fight. So it's a, for that part of it, the fans really got something out of it. I know that you didn't, and that sucks. Um, give me a little bit going into this fight because uh, at the face-offs, uh, Iwan, uh, you know, got a little too close to you, put you in a, in a, a little, uh, you know, put, put his arm around you. And we just had a couple weeks ago where that actually caused someone to have to be taken off of the fight card because he got hurt. Um, did that throw you off at all? How do you, um, did you wish that that would not have happened? Did that, that change anything going into that fight? Uh, you know what? It didn't really change anything. I knew, you know, his face-offs are really dramatic. He usually gets up and <laughs> yeah. yells in the face. And that's why, man, you know, usually my hands are down behind my back, you know. And that time I had my hands up, I had him out, and I was ready. And I think that that kind of pissed him off, too, because I wasn't giving him a chance. So then, you know, I think it was just – I don't think he had that plan. I think it was just a spur-of-the-moment thing. Like, he usually yells. He usually gets right up in the face. And my hands were out. You weren't getting close to me. And then, bam, he just snatched my neck. And, of course, I threw him off me. But And, dude, that's another thing, like – I, and I, this did not affect my performance whatsoever, but my neck, I had like a little knot in my neck and my upper back was like tense because when that's something, when something like that happens out of nowhere, your adrenaline spikes immediately and your body moves fast and, and quick twitch, uh, you know, just off of pure instinct and adrenaline. And my body wasn't ready for that. My body was just kind of chilling. You know, you're, you're thinking, it's not like I'm going into a fight. If I'm going into a fight, my body's ready for it. I know there's going to be some um, herky jerky stuff, you know, but, but when you're not ready, you know, it, it tenses up the body. And I did have a little knot in my neck and my upper back was a little stiff, nothing that affected the performance, but yeah, man, I would rather much rather him not touch me. You know, that's what I said is you can do whatever you want. Just don't touch me, you know, and it, we'll save that for the ring. We'll save that for the octagon. Right. It's funny because the Jeremy Stevens, uh, I'm blanking on his opponent, but but he dropped out of the fight because of what he said. The, he wasn't expecting the shove from Jeremy Stevens. So that really affected him. And they just I'm not sure. Did, let me tell you, ask you, because you went through a weight cut. Did, did that combination, is that a possibility that that could really affect it? Or just in, in general, you're just not ready for that type of impact at, at the face off. Well, I think in general, but yeah, if you're cut and I didn't cut a bunch, of weight, I cut like eight pounds, but if you're cutting a bunch of weight, you know, these guys, some of these guys cut, when I fought at middleweight, I'd cut 15, 20 pounds pretty easy. And now that I'm at light heavyweight, it's, it's not as bad, but 
um, just in general, but definitely when you're cutting weight, your body's a little fatigued and cramping and it's not quite all there, but yeah, man, I could totally see that was a hard ass push from Jeremy Stevens. When I, when I first saw it, I'm like, come on, this dude's not going to fight. Like what the hell, man? Like, there's no way I'm not. But after going through what I went through and when he just grabbed me, it wasn't even like that bad. I could totally see how he wasn't able to fight, man. If you're just standing there, arms behind your back and you're not prepared, and I went and rewatched that. That dude's neck jolted so hard, and that was such a hard push, man. I can I could totally see how he was unable to compete. Yeah, Drucker Close. There we go. I I was blanking on the name, but Drucker Close was supposed to fight him. It was supposed to be a really good fight, and you know what? It's funny because the fans we're. I don't want to say we're insensitive because we sit there and go, you guys are, you know, warriors. You go out there and you guys knock each other's head off. So a push is going to do that to you. And I know a lot of disappointment was coming through through my friends. People were texting me left and right. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I maybe something else was going on. But I mean, the, your reaction is, is pretty transparent. That I mean, that it, it's it really did affect affect him and affected you too. And thank goodness it didn't affect you during the fight. I mean, did that, yeah. did that pop up at all during the fight? No, not at all, man. But like I said, I was one of those guys. So it was like, come on, dude, you got pushed. Like you're not going <laughs> to fight. And uh, I'm not kidding, bro. Right. When I got back to my seat, I looked at my buddy, Cody Brundage, who was there with me at weigh-ins. I was like, dude, I'm not kidding. Like my neck is, is cramped up and my upper back's kind of tight. I was like, the first thing I said was like, I could totally see how that dude wasn't able to compete. Um, listen, so we're being joined by Dustin Jacoby. Uh, Dustin, let me ask you a question because you've, been in the UFC prior, you left, went to Bellator, you've done a glory, you've been in all these promotions, and now you're back in UFC. Give me the experience now in the UFC than when it was years prior. I'm just so much more ready, man. I mean, the, the first time I was there, I just wasn't ready. I, I was 6-0. and it, it was nine months after turning pro, and I thought I was ready. I was beating really good dudes. Uh, the biggest thing, man, I hadn't faced any adversity. I hadn't faced any struggle. You know, I say that now often is my struggle is my strength. And that's why I'm at where I'm at right now. And that's why I'm succeeding and going on the run that I'm at right now and climbing this ladder fast. And I cracked the top 10 in glory. There's no doubt in my mind I'm going to crack the top 10 in the UFC. And I'm going to get a shot at that gold, man. I, I did it in glory. I've done it once before, man. And I've and I've fought the best strike stand-up fighters in the world. I mean, if you look at my glory resume – Man, it was killer after killer after killer. And uh, I'm just much more mentally, physically just ready for it, man. I'm ready for everything. And, and uh, yeah, even when I had my stints with, uh, with Bellator, you know, I fought two very strong grapplers, both of them champions. One of them was a champion. One of them became a champion. And uh, I, I was just training kickboxing. You know, I, I just took the fight. I was filling in and I wasn't doing any MMA. I, you know, for six years, I was training strictly kickboxing and trying to chase that gold belt. And I got there and I broke my arm twice and I took a little bit of time off in 2018. And finally in 2019, uh, my buddy and teammate, Anthony Lionheart Smith was fighting John Jones and him and coach asked if I could come, come back and help. And, you know, ultimately that's what got me back in MMA. And then it had always been a goal of mine to get back to the UFC. And uh, I think my body just my body and myself just need a little time away from the sport and a little, just, uh, just healing in every sense of the word. And then, uh, came back, man. So it's been an incredible journey. It's been one hell of a ride, lots of ups and lots of downs, but I believe it takes a guy that's been to the bottom. That's been drugged through the mud. That's lost a couple times in the road that, that just has been told no. And things haven't gone his way. That's had to actually struggle and climb that hill uh, to come back when the fight's close and, 
And, uh, you know, when, when everything's on the line, just come back from the bottom and rise to the top. I feel like that's where I'm at right now, man. I can compete with any light heavyweight in the, certainly in the world on the feet. Uh, and I just got to continue getting better with wrestling and grappling. And, uh, you know, I'm going to crack that top 10. There's no doubt in my mind. So it's funny because, you know, I, we sit here, we talk about some of these younger guys that are coming up in the MMA world and that how they're just like undefeated and they're, 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 you know, blazing through uh, fighters and whatnot. But the, the fact that you are older, you know, 33 is not old. Let's be serious. It's not. I'm much older than you, but but 33 is not old. But in the MMA world, it kind of is at times, you know, you don't know how long you're going to be in this game for. But the knowledge that you have, the experience you have, it's something that these young kids can't can't compete with. So do you think at your level, you literally can compete with anybody in the UFC Oh, a absolutely, man. And so much of it is, is mental. So much is a mind game. I mean, look at guys like Michael Bisping and, and Daniel Cormier, who never captured gold until like later in their 30s, you know, and went on right. the, the cra crazy good runs that they went on, man. It's it's the experience that they'd been through, the battles that they'd been through and, and just staying active and going through those tests, man. And of course, everybody hits uh, hits it in stride at different times. You know, you got some young guys that are rare, man, that go out there and – uh yeah, they are it, man. That they get it done early, early and often. And you got guys that it takes a little bit. So everybody just deals with it differently. But there's no doubt in my mind that experience uh, outweighs the the youth every day of the week, in my opinion, especially in this sport. You were talking about uh, Anthony Smith, and it's interesting because I see you you talk about another guy who's had a long career. He's found his way. He fought John Jones for the title. He's lost a few since, and then he came back with that ridiculous calf kick um well it was but what did it hit the calf? it hit above the calf where did it exactly hit it hit above yeah the it, knee, it was right? it, it was the nerve it was i think it's like called the perennial nerve that runs through there and when it gets hit man it's just it numbs your foot you just can't walk because because uh my coach and anthony were both saying crew a couple hours later was walking perfectly fine when when they saw him he was walking talking and and everything was fine with them it's just it numbs that nerve right away man you were talking. It's funny because I watched that fight now. You could see he wanted it. He wanted to walk so bad. Oh. He tried oh, yeah. so hard. Uh, is that something you, that you guys actually practice in? You know, during the you know with just in, in the gym and stuff like that. Is that something you like? This is a pressure point. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't necessarily practice it, but we're very well aware of it. You know, it's it's a precision precision shot, and uh, you know the calf kicks become such a big deal recently. That's another thing in my fight with Kuntalaba, man. If we were to fight, that was on 10 days notice. If we were to fight again, I'm taking that leg home with me. Usually I'm a big calf kicker, but it takes a lot of energy to swing the, that big muscle around. And especially when you throw them super hard, man, you got to be in shape. And I was scared of throwing. I hit him with two right out the gate and I would have kept attacking it, but I was scared of gassing. I didn't want to throw those and then gas. And then I knew, I knew if I could chill a little bit that he was going to go before me. And, uh, you know, so next time if there's a rematch, uh, that'll be much more prepared and those kicks will be firing off, uh, you know, every other second. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not something we necessarily practice, but we're definitely aware of it. And, and we throw our strikes with precision. Where is the worst part of the body to to hit? Um, well, there's a lot of different bit parts, but like for those type of pressure points, for those nerves, is there other areas that you guys have pinpointed? Uh, you know, the, another one for me is yeah, I, I've got like tendonitis kind of in my elbows. So if you, when you're striking or if you even hit like up by the shoulder in the right spot, that, that nerve, that tendonitis right in the elbow will kind of give. And, 
and that, that happens to me sometimes. So um, you got the, you know, you got that one right there by the calf. And then that's the only other one I can think of that I know that that's happened to me and that I've seen happen. But uh, yeah, that, that one, that nerve right alongside the leg is, is crucial, man. That's crazy. Um, just I, I when I when I trained, I haven't trained in a while. But when I had what did train my my uh, my uh, sensei was always telling me like the pressure points in the hands. He was always like always trying to sneak something in there, like the the, the throat. There's certain areas. <laughs> just like yeah, just get a little pressure right there. You're good. Um, so now going forward, are you looking for a rematch, or is there someone else that you have that you like to fight? What what is your plan going forward? In the UFC, you know, I'm not that I'm not necessarily screaming for a rematch. You know, it, it is what it is. If it happened, I would gladly take it. It's a fan friendly fight. It's a fight that I know with, with preparation that I, I can win. No, no doubt in my mind. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I'm, I'm just looking to move up the ladder, man. I, I want to climb the ladder. I really think that I'm ready for a top 15 opponent. You know, Kunz will have a spot, all the guys in the top 10, 15 opponents, and and he's been there. And, uh, you know, that's my goal, man, is get a ranking next to my name, preferably by the end of this year, and uh, just go from there. So if we had a rematch, of course I'd be into it. I'd love to get that win, and and uh, it'd be cool if, if you did have the rematch, that that notch off that, that one, that 14-5-1, and one, that goofy record kind of went away. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it is what it is, and, uh, yeah, top 15 is what I'm after. Are you excited to, for the fans returning now? I mean, is it, we saw the, the sold-out arena. <laughs> Uh, you know, for the pay-per-view, but like, you know, I mean, just, just in general, just to have people back, it's gotta be a great feeling, right? Oh, I can't wait, man. I, I really can't. Like I got used to fighting with no crowd there at the apex and it wasn't too bad. The first time on the contender series, it was super weird. Um, and then it just kind of became the new normal, I guess, as people say, but, uh, I, I can't wait to, for the fans to be back. You saw that crowd in Florida, man. They were, oh, yeah. they were so hyped and every fighter was just truly loving it. Like, I, you know, look at Anthony, man. I was so nervous for him. And then when I saw that walkout, I was like, dude, no way this guy loses. Like the crowd loves him. He's just feeding off the crowd just beautifully. And uh, I, I missed that, man. And you can, those fans missed it. You know, that was everybody flying the bird and saying a big F you to everybody. Like, we <laughs> want to be back, man. Like we're, we're here and we're ready, man. Let's get it going. So uh, yeah, dude, I can't wait for the fans to be back. That brings so much electricity and energy to the crowd it's awesome i was telling brendan fitzgerald i was i was saying to him i was like you know not for nothing i uh i loved just the fact that the uh that the sports were back that ufc never really stopped during the pandemic and i'm like i don't care i'll just take it at any, any pace it doesn't make a difference who or where it's at and if there's no no fans or whatever but then i lied because as soon as you see the, the crowd the energy from the first fight uh, uh, you know, even in the prelims, it was like, oh, my God, the energy just changes so much. It's crazy. Um, do you think that the it, it changed the fighters and the, and the outcomes of the fight with the fans being there? Oh, absolutely. I think so. I think, uh, you know, it gives the fighters some extra juices, man. Those juices are flowing. Like every single fight was a finish. You yeah. know, it, it was it was just awesome. There was one fight that went to the second round on that main card, you know, like you could tell, or I guess. Uh, yeah, there's two fights that went to the second round, but uh, yeah, man, it was just electric. Like, and, and the fighters fight different when you see them walking out, man. There's goosebumps everywhere. I, I I couldn't wait, man. I want. I was ready to jump in the cage that night when I saw that. <laughs> um, what else? What, so, what else do you do right now? You're you're sitting back. You're not relaxing. I'm sure you're still training stuff like that. But what what is like a regular like week for you? Like, what do you what are you doing right now? Are you still trying to keep keep in shape? You're, you're are you trying to like you know are you putting some pounds back on? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be. Uh, so I actually just started a diet, uh, hired a nutritionist right before this last camp. I'd like to get to where I'm. I usually walk around like, I don't know, 213, 212, somewhere in there. But I'd like to get around to like 225, walking at 225, because frame wise, I'm just as big. I can compete with all of these guys. But mass wise, uh, they got a lot on me. You know, there's like I said, when I fight at middleweight, I, I'd cut from like 202, 200, 202, and I'd be like 205 the next day. So, you know, these light heavyweights they are cutting down like 205, 206, you know, they're like 225, 230 the next day. And uh, I'd like to be able to, to put some mass on. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, obviously, the week right after the fight, take, I'm taking this week away from the gym, just kind of let my body got a little bumps here and there. And, you know, on the side of my head from where he landed a couple good punches and elbows from that first round. Um, it's, it felt a ton better here the last couple of days. But the first couple of days I had to fight, even trying to chew some food was like, ah, you know, it doesn't feel too good. Um <laughs> But yeah, I go, I go, there's a place called Denver sports recovery here where, you know, I go and do the hot tub, cold tubs. Um, I've got, uh, uh, my, my ultimate health clinic where I go in and get adjusted and just some rehab stuff. So that's what it's like right now. And then, uh, I'm a very avid golfer. So I've, I've played a couple rounds this week already playing again tomorrow morning and Saturday morning. So, uh, outside the gym, man, golf's my thing. That's what I do. I've got a, a chocolate lab that I'm very active with as well. So uh, oh, that's, like, that's a day of my life. Yeah. So, so, uh, how long have you had the dog for? How old is the dog? The dog will be four in June and, uh, he's my best friend, man. He, he's my guy. We do a lot of pheasant hunting together, upland hunting in general. Uh, we go camping all the time. It's camping season right now, about to be camping all summer. And, uh, yeah, dude, I've, ne I've never lost a fight, uh, since I've had Dak in around. So that's pretty cool too. Dak, where'd you get the name Dak from? So initially, I'm a big Cowboys fan. Oh, uh, dude. Prescott. Okay. All right. I have like, okay, connection already. And, and, and I'm so glad. How I sold it to my wife, one of my buddies, his wife was like, Dad, she's like, is that because my wife's name's Kayla and I'm Dustin. She's like, is that because of Dustin and Kayla? And I was like, oh my God, bingo. Because at the time, <laughs> at the time, Kayla was like, not sold on Dak. She's like, I think if I think of Dak, I'll always think of Dak Prescott. I was like, babe, no, you won't. Well, then she said that. I came home, I'm like, babe. Dustin and Kayla, D-A-K. And we even have an email address, D-A-K Jacoby. So I was like, and that, and that was before we had Dak. So I was like, dude, it's perfect. It's oh, sold. Nailed it. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. That, the way things work out, dude. So you're a big Cowboys fan? Oh. I'm a big, a big Cowboys fan, man. We finally beefed up our defense with this draft. I, You guys pissed me off because you got, I, you're, you're a Barkley. You're a Giants fan, aren't you? I'm not. I'm actually a Jets fan. We suck. Oh, and okay, I, okay. And Zach, and Zach Wilson, I'm, I'm not. I actually work for the Giants on the side. So, like, I, I, I watch every game so close. So, I listen, I'm, I'm for the team. I want to see the offense step up. The fact that you guys, the Cowboys, traded with the Eagles for Devontae Smith, I could not believe it i mean i don't know <laughs> if the giants were really going to get him i think that they were will, would like to have ha gotten him um they're they're very much on Kadarius tony they're all about him now but i'm like so you prefer as a cowboy the cowboys prefer the eagles to have the secret weapon rather than the uh than the giants it's pissing off so much dude see and i hate the eagles i trust me i'm more of a giants fan than i am an eagles fan i'll, I'll tell you that man i hate the eagles but uh i, I was always a big uh I was always a big Peyton Manning fan, and uh, of course, an Eli fan. I love the Mannings, and uh, yeah, man. So I'm, I'm definitely root for the Giants over the Eagles any day of the week. What I, I saw that you're a big, uh, you're into the grills, right? You're a big, yeah. you're a big cooker. Oh, yeah. So, yep. uh, so 
I just had over the weekend, my, my buddy, it was, uh, I don't even know what we were celebrating, but we just had a bit. He had, he was smoking ribs. He was smoking, um, brisket. pork, yo, dude, brisket. chicken, everything, dude. Tell me what I, I thought of you. I was like, dude, this is unbelievable. How do you go about smoking? What, what's so your- one of, yeah, man. One of my favorite things to smoke and I, I've smoked a Thanksgiving dinner. I smoked a couple of turkeys before, uh, one of my all-time favorite things to smoke, a buddy gave me this idea, is just like a, a packet of Jimmy Dean's sausage. You just buy it right out of the packet, put it on there, smoke it for a few hours, cook it for, for a few minutes, and then bam, man, it's a great appetizer. Uh, cookies, like chocolate chip cookies, you can smoke on there. Pizza, pizza, smoked pizza is the best. Here's, here's another thing, man, that, that's pretty cool, is you can take some water and smoke the water, Okay. Okay. And smoke, smoke the water, then freeze it into ice cubes and then put those into like a Bloody Mary. And now you got smoked Bloody Mary ice cubes. And dude, the, the Bloody Mary, it just it's hits perfect, man. The smokiness, it's it's pretty nice. For Mother's Day, my wife will love that. I think I'm going to try that. I don't have a smoker, dude, but sure. I'm going to bar my buddies. <laughs> okay, yeah, dude. I'm telling you, just smoke, smoke some water on there for a couple hours, freeze it. And put those babies in, in Bloody Marys, and boom, man, they're so good. That's crazy. Now, what type of wood chips do you use? Uh, I usually use the hickory, but we we go all over, man. I'll keep the apple, the cider, the the um, with the cherry. I, I use I use them all, but my favorite's the hickory. Dude, it's I I thought of you this whole weekend. I was like, this food was incredible. I'm like, oh my god, you were just talking about it. So I, I had to ask some <laughs> questions, some tips. Uh, so what else? Anything else you want to promote for yourself? I, that's what I wanted to do. Get you back on, just to promote anything that you want to throw out there. Yeah, man. I mean, you can just find me at at the Hanyak DJ on Instagram, on Twitter, um, and and then of course I'd like to thank my team at Factory X, our general Mark Montoya. You know, we got a great squad over there and and uh, as we say iron sharpens iron man we just continue to to get better and, and push each other daily um and then also my team at landau performance which is where we do all of our strength and conditioning um and anybody who's anybody in the denver area is working out at landau performance they pretty much have times for all the different mma gyms around here lauren landau is the head strength and conditioning coach of the denver broncos and uh he he's um just to build this empire, man. And he's got a bunch of great coaches over there. We've got Olympic swimmers to all, all the NFL guys, um, just, just all the top athletes in the area are over there. Um, and then my, my agency, Iridium sports agency, man, those guys are the best. Um, you know, they, they manage close to a hundred guys in the UFC alone. Uh, I don't even know what their entire roster looks yeah. like, but they make me feel like, you know, I'm like the only guy that they manage, you know, they're every day, every day reaching out to me. I, I'm getting new stuff from them. And, and just, uh, you know, those guys are the best, man. Um, also this apricot solar company, I just recently partnered with them uh, lo- looking to uh, build a relationship with them. A good buddy of mine from college works for them. And uh, they actually just sponsored me this last fight. And I think I'm going to be going out to an event out there in Vegas that they're a part of. And, and uh, getting in with them, they're a solar company. They started out in California, I believe, and they're moving out west. They're, they're in Denver. Um, yeah, great company. Uh, we Vivid Sport CBD, which is another uh, great CBD company that that I've partnered with and is a sponsor of mine. And, you know, I thank those guys immensely as well. So uh, that that's my crew, man. That's what I do. Of course, always looking for more sponsors to add to the, to the team. And and uh, until then, man, we're just going to keep grinding to the top. I'm going to get it. Uh, I'm gonna, my goal is to get a ranking next to my name here by the end of the year. 
Well, you keep fighting the way you did. You'll get more than just sponsors. You'll get an opportunity at the belt soon. Uh, Dustin, real quick, did the Venom thing help you guys at all? Going from Reebok to Venom, did that help at all? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the pay went up a little bit. I I don't even remember what I get from them. I'll I'll wait to see when it comes through. Because they still do it by fights. And so I I don't even know what my number's at through five fights. But I know it did go up a little bit. And I was extremely happy with the gear. I, I was a little... Uh, skeptical at first. I know they had to go, they had the option to go with Nike. They had the option to go with Under Armour and they chose Venom. I'm like, Venom, why why are we going with Venom? (laughs) And I didn't realize it was a European company, man. The fit, it's like a slim fit. It fits me perfect. Uh, You know, cause I'm, I'm like that guy. I'm stuck in between a large and an XL and like a large is kind of just a little bit too small, but an XL is like a little bit too big and baggy. Right. And with, with them, man, there, I, I got an XL and it's a slimmer, tighter fit, which fits my build per- perfectly. And I love it, man. I'm extremely happy with, with the new gear. Everyone, every one of my coaches, teammates that came out and got a bag are like, dude, this stuff is so dope, you know? So <laughs> I think, I, I think they've had mixed reviews from some of the fighters. Right. Um, yeah. Of, of course you're going to man. Body styles are different. Body types different. I'm extremely happy, extremely happy with it. So uh, yeah, kudos to them, man. I'm happy with the new Venom deal. I, I think it actually looks good, person speaking. So I, I'm not like a, as a fan, I'm not opposed to it. I, you can't really uh, knock the, the the look of it, the feel of it. But uh, Dustin, dude, I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you so much, and look forward to your next fight. And please come back on again soon, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I'd love to. And if we're talking sports at roundtable, man, I'll, I'll be the first guy there, dude. I I, I can hang. I'll, listen, I'll get you all. We'll, listen, what we do is again, uh, we get. Everybody, whether it's football players, baseball players, hockey players, you name it, athlete. Uh, we had, dude, I've had a porn star on. Like, I just go all over. The place. Okay, if you're, Badass. dude, if you, if you, but that's my thing is that if you're an MMA fan, it doesn't make a difference. It's, it's what, it's whatever kind of fits. There's, there's so many people from a different, different world out there. I want to bring them together. So uh, I, I love that idea. I love that idea, man. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad uh, after we're done, we'll trade numbers or whatever. We'll keep in touch that way if that's cool. But, yeah, of course. Uh, awesome. Dustin Jacoby, everybody. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Have a good day, man. Dustin is the man. I mean, that that is a, that's a dude who just, uh, first of all, I'm a little upset that he is a Cowboys fan. That, that, that always hurts. But um, it's interesting to hear him talk about what, Iwan Kudalaba, the fact that he did engage him when he wasn't expecting it, that what it can do to somebody. It is it is very interesting. You don't really read into that. You don't really dive into that. You don't really think about it. But you know what? Now I have a, a total different opinion. And he had this different opinion too because he felt the same way we all did when Close decided to, to, to back out of that fight versus Jeremy Stevens. And now he says, nah, I get it. I completely get it. But he stuck it out. And it didn't affect the fight, didn't affect him at all, and he was able to perform at a high level. And listen, if you agree with Dustin, he should have won that fight. If that that first round was the only round he lost, if it was a 10-9 round, he won the fight. But if you're in the, you know, if you're if you see it differently, I get it. I get where he comes from. I get where other people come from too. Um, but it was a very interesting and good fight, uh, I'd say the least. And I want to see where he comes next because. He really put it. Ewan Kudalaba is legit. Like he's not a not a BS fighter. He's not someone like a, a scrub. He's performed against some of the better light heavyweights in the division. And now, listen, does he always come out on top? No, but he's performed very, very well. And he's always an exciting fighter. So uh, Dustin handled himself very well, and I'd like to see what he does next. Um, 
next week, UFC 262. That is a legit card. We've had some guests on over the past few weeks. We've had Andrea Lee. We've had um, Gina Mazzani. If you want to go back and listen to those interviews as well, just about their upcoming fights. Um, really awesome card. Jacare's on there. Uh, again, Andrew Lee's fighting Shevchenko, the sister, Antonina. Lando Venata. I love Lando Venata, by the way. I love watching that guy fight. A lot of people give him crap or people don't like him, but I think he's a really fun fighter. But main card, our boy Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza, which that fight is fire. Caitlin Shukagian versus Vivian Arujo. Amazing those two together. You got Hermanson versus Shabazian. Really great middleweight fight. And then you got the return of Tony Ferguson versus Benil Darush. That is going to be bonkers. Let's really see what Tony Ferguson has. Because this is honestly, you talk about a fight, and we'll, we'll preview it a lot more next week. But you talk about a really huge moment for Tony Ferguson. If he can make a statement here and, and, and show that he has something left in the tank, Breath of fresh air, and Tony Ferguson is is good to go and good to compete for you know another top five top you know contender fight and maybe make one more title title push. But Benil Dariush is ridiculous. What what he's done over the past few fights, he's dangerous. Make it. He's such an underdog in that division. It's a great fight to make. And we will see. This is a statement fight for one of them. That's for sure. And then, obviously, the main event is going to be Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler for the lightweight belt. So that'll be fun. We'll get into that more. And, again, we have a ton of um, you know, ton of previous interviews we've had with some fighters. So go listen back to some episodes if you want. Again, Andrea Lee, Gina Mazzani are on here. Uh, and we will be back next week with more. Thank you again for listening. This is uh, The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. Follow me at The Fight Fan, WFAN, at The Hoff, WFAN on Twitter, at The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, WFAN.com, and the RTF. We will see you guys next week. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs>